So we're coming up to the 4th of July, Independence Day. There's got to be a Dhamma theme in there somewhere, Independence. <laughs> rather than um, as opposed to American independence from the British. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair's from Scotland. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the Buddhist, how the Buddhist training can um, develop, can mature to a sense of independence from our uh, from all that makes us suffer, from all ways that we uh, bring on suffering for ourselves. Because that's the goal, isn't it? And, uh, and at the end of this Dhamma talk, you can tell me if you've reached <laughs> complete and <laughs> everlasting independence. I'm not there yet, so you're not going to get there just by my talk. <laughs> but we can we can reflect on how the Buddhist teaching helps us recognize our suffering, recognize what we do that brings up our suffering, and what we can do to escape the habit of suffering. And I like to always encourage that we start with small, you know, examples, small exercises say, throughout our days, because it's the same process, whether it's a, a, a small and not very challenging irritation, habit of irritation. It's the same process as the big ones. It's, it's the big ones are harder to do. It's 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 harder to... Um, stop a train when it's at full speed than it is as it than than it is when we're just beginning the wheels are just beginning to turn so recognizing when the wheels are just beginning to turn building a habit of recognizing when are the wheels of suffering just beginning to turn so that we can jump off that track and not hurt ourselves. And we can practice this knowledge with um, reflecting on this process with small irritation, small habits that themselves bring up some anxiety or should they build, should we not recognize them and they build and that we start rolling down this track of ignorance uh, at full speed, then it's really, really hard uh, to stop it and we will suffer. And the impact, you know, the, the faster we're going down that track of ignorance, the more we're going to suffer. It's going it's, it's to, it's not based in reality, those tracks. When it runs into reality, you know, however much force it has behind it, it's going to hurt as much force as we've put into it or allowed to happen. So it's 
a small example. Alistair and I recently uh, decided for the benefit of our uh, grandchildren, our youngest grandchildren. We have grandchildren that are off to university and grandchildren that are, uh, you know, three and seven. And so for those youngsters, we decided to buy an, and uh, install a uh, kid's pool. It's a overground, what do you call it? Above ground, above ground swimming pool. And it's, um, it'll be very fun to play with the kids in this. They both love the water. It's 14 feet by eight feet. And uh, it's got little round, it's an oval shape and it fits really nicely in one part of our yard. And we put it together last night and we started to put water in it and, you know, adjusting it and, and whatnot. And by the time they're here on Thursday, we'll be able to play with them uh, in the pool. And so it's much bigger than my original thought when I first brought it up to Alistair, let's buy, you know, an above ground pool. And I'm thinking of something that's about foot and a half tall and, you know, eight feet round. The kids will love it. And then we started doing some research and we came up with this pool. And uh, so we put it up and really, really looks nice. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I go to bed and I start thinking about, about the pool. I wake up in the middle of the night. I look out the window because our bedroom window looks right out over it. Oh, that looks great. You know, they make 18 foot pools. <laughs> if we had bought an eight feet, foot, 18 foot pool, then it's 10 feet across. It could have just fit in, you know, maybe maybe we'll go up to that. If this works out for the kids, so I, I noticed right away that, oh, craving. I, I do this a lot. And, and this is where, this is just like the wheels are beginning to turn. So what happens is, I'm no, I'm looking at this 14, it's also three and a half feet deep. And I'm looking at this 14 foot, three and a half deep pool. And I'm starting to, I'm connecting with my sense of, with Tanha. I'm connecting with a sense of greed and and becoming I'm, be, I'm becoming excited about the idea so this is proliferation i'm becoming excited about the idea of even a, a a deeper i think the 18 is more like five feet deep now i'm thinking about myself i'm not thinking about the grandchildren who are you know this not very tall <laughs> i'm thinking about me i could really have a lot of i'd love a bigger pool you know, and then I start thinking about how this one, I'm, you know, I can't even swim back and forth in a 14 foot pool. Again, all about me. So this is what proliferation does. 
It takes us out of the reality of the moment. And it, it goes along a track of something unwholesome, like becoming or craving or self-view or whatever. We start going down this track. And if we don't recognize where that track is headed, you know, that, oh, we've jumped, <laughs> we've jumped from reality onto this track of ignorance, of delusion, of greed, wherever it's going. If we keep proliferating, we speed up and get farther and farther away from reality. And that's going to end up in anxiety. And we'll start with this little bit of anxiety because it started out like, oh, fun, that 18 feet, five feet deep. Oh my gosh, that would be, that would be so fun. It just started there. But it also brought in this very, and I don't feel bad about this because I was witnessing it, which is good. This very selfish, it's all about me. It's not about the kids anymore. You know, it was the whole purpose of buying this, this pool. Now, the great thing about seeing what we're doing, these are just habits that don't, we don't have to believe is a um, description of who we are. That was a, that was a, a selfish thought came in. You know, it took me farther and farther away from the reality of these circumstances in the present. I'm up in my head. I'm following my greed. It's all about me. You know, as we see this, we can choose independently from that track to not follow this track because we know where this goes. This doesn't feel good. I was having so much fun. I didn't do much of the work, but I helped Alistair a little bit. And I was having so much fun helping putting this pool together, thinking about the kids coming over. You know, this this will be, we've, we've I've already told them that, it, that it'll be here when they next come over, they come over on Wednesdays. It'll be here and we'll play in the pool and they're pretty excited about it. And I was just really feeling good. We're gonna have a lot of fun. They're gonna love it. And then as I'm falling asleep, this, you know, I'm being less mindful. And my habits kind of kick in. Oh, let's let's look at that pool. Yeah, that looks great. And then proliferation, let's move out of reality. 18 feet. Think about what that'd be like for me. You know, and then recognizing, oh, this is a track of craving. Craving has to do with what I want. It doesn't have to do with anybody else. How am I going to get it? You know, I did get that far. How am I going to get it? <laughs> and that's when I noticed, Ooh, this, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> So I'm actually, <laughs> sorry, 
I'm actually noticing, don't tell, don't say how you're going to get it because you might still be able to talk Alistair into it. <laughs> so again, that's a habit of, you know, in the past, satisfying, finding ways how you can get what you want, how I can get what I want. You know, but I've already alerted Alistair to this habit, so he's, he'll be on the lookout. <laughs> So let's take a moment to imagine what it would be like, like, would it be worth it? Do you think it would be worth putting in the effort to get very familiar with how you as an individual, how I as an individual, how we as individuals with our habitual knee-jerk tendencies and habits move away from and out of reality. Just where does that wheel that takes us down a track away from reality, where does it start? It has so many opportunities. You know, that proliferation is going to grab onto, be hooked by a sense of self, a sense of who am I in this world of comparison to you, to you, or to you, who am I? So a sense of self, a sense of position. We start to proliferate. We get out of reality. I'm just, I'm here, you're here, you're here. That's it. Proliferation kicks in when we start to look for meaning. What, do, what does this mean about me? 14-foot pool. What does it mean about me? You know, I've just jumped the track. What does it mean about me that I'm talking and you're listening? Just jumped the track. What does it mean about you that you're listening and I'm talking? Talking. <laughs> just jumped the track. It doesn't mean anything. It's just this is the way it is. What does it mean when we get distracted? Jump the track. It doesn't mean anything. It's just getting distracted. This is just talking, just listening, just looking out at the pool. When we come back to, and we can come back, by recognizing that, oh, I'm starting to look for meaning or I'm starting, I've, I'm in the middle of proliferating. And when we recognize that this is outside of reality in the moment and come back to the moment, when we really come back, we feel release. There's a sense of, it's much more peaceful. 
and there's a sense that relief is also pleasant. It's like being in 100 degree weather and slipping into a nice cool pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I think I'll have that opportunity on Wednesday. I think it might be 100 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> So practicing, I want to encourage you to practice with something that's simple, that you don't feel bad about, you know, but you notice like maybe going to floss your teeth. I don't want to go. I don't want to floss my teeth. It's just, I'm just too busy, you know, and it's like, am I really <laughs> too busy to do that? And what we start to witness is how we can choose our actions based on what is the wise thing to do, what is the good or the healthy, appropriate thing to do, as opposed to what my mind is saying right now, I don't want to do. So we can become, we can get independent still witness you have to witness our habits because we want to know them we want to know what takes us how do we bump off of this place in, of reality and get on this other track we want to witness that so that we can choose from a place of wisdom which is independent from what from our likes and dislikes. It's independent from our habits. We're not, we, it's independent from that wheel spinning. So it's an awareness that we can actually feel in our heart. So it's bringing the, the mind and the heart together and witnessing what happens when we come back into reality it's really actually quite simple and it takes a lot of practice to start to make this a habit so i'm going to read this little bit from ajan amaro it's very short the caring heart cares for all beings cares for all things but that caring manifests in accordance with time and place situation. In other words, the present moment. It intuits what can be done, what can't be done. So when the awakened mind knows the way things are, then that informs how to respond. Is it time to go outside or is it time to sit still? Is it time to speak up or is it time to be quiet? Is it time to crack a joke or is it time to be serious? We train the heart to be adaptable. It is not blown around by the wind. However, it does know the wind. It accommodates the tugging of the world. It accommodates it, it knows it, and it adapts to it. And the, the wind being the winds of our cravings, our likes or our dislikes. I was using the word track. He was using the word wind. We can 
recognize it and turn back to the reality of the situation and then decide what to do. And what I decided to do when I recognized what I was doing was to go back to bed, <laughs> quit looking out the window and dreaming about what yet more you could get. <laughs> and that felt good. That was a real release, which I didn't recognize at first as being anxiety building. But when we let it go, you know, just come back to reality and feel that release of being in reality instead of following our whims. It feels good. So I, that it was only when I did that that I recognized that didn't feel good over there. As we build this habit, as we build this experiential knowing, we start to see as the wheel just begins to turn more and more and more often. And it just becomes natural to not want to get on that track. We still get our, find ourselves on it, but we get more and more skilled at not going down that track, at least not going at full speed. And then when we are our full speed and we find ourselves crashing, we don't go on the track of, oh, I'm such a bad person, or I'm, I'm so ignorant, or I'm so, you know, I'm never going to be a stream enterer, or whatever it is. That It does not mean anything about us when we recognize our suffering other than, oh my God, we recognize our suffering. This is good. This is valuable. That's the reality. Get back to that place. Bring the heart and mind back together and feel the release of not going down that track of suffering or having gotten off that track, no matter how hard we hit, when we recognize that is a really good thing. And that's where our refuge is. It's in awareness of the present moment. It's in the awareness of the reality of the present moment. And from there, we know what to do. Take action or non-action. We'll know. And we'll know the release. And we'll feel the pleasantness. And we'll want to do it again and again and again. <laughs>